It's true. I accidentally recorded a podcast the other night just by myself. And I was just accident recorded the entire thing to the cloud. And I was just like, Help. do you mean do you mean you accidentally recorded it to the cloud or accidentally recorded it? Accidentally recorded it to the cloud. Okay. <laughs> We're just talking to yourself for an hour and accidentally had the microphone off. <laughs> no, the, the board <laughs> is always recording. It's just whether it's on Zoom or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got an email. I was just like, yeah, this is going on the cloud. I'm like... Hope you didn't slag off your dance teachers or anyone. Nah, probably not. I don't know. I don't remember. Don't remember you were pissed. Had a full bottle of wine. My birthday. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Oh, last night. How was the birthday? I'd, I'd teach you. Good, I drank a bottle of wine by myself yeah. and recorded a podcast. Well, no, that was Tuesday night. But Tuesday night, I started recording at like 10 to 12. Ah, right. I just started progressively getting more drunk. And then at 12 on the dot, I was just like, please excuse me. Two shots of Jamison. <laughs> and then love to see it. It was grim. Woke up a bit rough the next morning, but. Uh, it can't have been that rough. You replied to my message at like 8.30. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, my sleeping schedule has been whack since, like, the Euros and stuff. But when I get absolutely blind, I'll wake up when I should. Yeah. It's weird. The uh, key is to sleep past that. You got to go back to sleep. Yeah. I do that. I wake up really early after I've been pissed that I find a way to go back to sleep. And I'm just asleep for another four and a half hours. Yeah. No, I, I forgot to have a... I would always try and take a Panadol before I go to bed. Because that's, oh, that's, that's how you know you're getting old. Yeah, well. 24. Yeah, well. Mid-20s, apparently. <laughs> My dad called and he was just like, yeah, I was married when I was your age. Like, How'd that go for you, mate? How'd that work out? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck shit, dad. <laughs> you, you fucked off to China now. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, I'm in... <laughs> He's in Chengdu, which is like, three like provinces away i'm like what the fuck could you possibly <laughs> be doing there oh, i got on the motorbike and i just took off he just kept going like i'm on holidays i'm like do you do any work <laughs> that's probably school holidays is it yeah they've got like summer break but anytime mm-hmm. i talk to him he's like yeah it's, it's holidays yeah I'm, I'm... mate teachers have the easiest run ever yeah that's what mum works at a primary school now and she she was, I was talking to her Sunday night. I was with her Sunday night. Like she said, oh, I've got to go to work tomorrow. This is awful. I haven't been for two weeks. And I was like, cry me a river. I also have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And I have to deal with Builder Boy. Oh, fucking Builder Boy. He's, uh, my, we asked him for more money today because we were like, he, he goes, well, it's not that he owes us so much money. We're, he, we're just churning through all his money so quickly because we have to spend so much time on his fucking case. Yeah. And Brett sent him an email this morning said, we're not doing any more work until you pay money. And so then he sent me an email. He, he just said, um, don't talk to Builder Boy without my consent because I told him we're putting pens down until he pays us more. And then he sent me another email straight away. said, just to clarify, keep working on it. Just don't tell him that we're working on it. Yeah. Just do it without his knowledge. Just... Right. So hopefully he does pay. You'd hope so. But if he doesn't, he's fucked. Yeah. So... Yeah. Well, someone has to. Danger's missed another one. Jesus Christ. Danger's an awful, awful kick. For... Just kick. He's an awful kick. All right. Let's get started. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, let's make sure I have the right fucking theme choice. Okay, let's go. And we're back. Welcome to the last call podcast. My name's Jamal, and I'm joined 29 and a half kilometers away. That half kilometer is up. Ash Etherington. Lockdown boys. The lockdown boys. This well, pod- not yet. We got the three and a bit hours before we're the lockdown boys. Yeah, we do have three and a bit. Uh, mate, we might go all the way through. Who fucking knows? Let's hope. Mate, let, let's take the equipment to the Charles Dickens Tavern and have one last crack at it. 
one <laughs> yeah and just you know yell at all the english people um because it's coming uh, home is it mate i uh, give it give it another 50 years it might uh might come home it's it's like the uh <laughs> what is the olympic torch how they just go through all the countries and they're just, just taking a massive detour yeah, it's it's coming home just via every other country in Europe first. Yeah, just, oh, it's gonna be scenes when it actually comes home. It was scenes when they lost. There were. I, I was on a tram early morning, well, peak hour morning, Monday morning, and there were Italy fans on my tram. There were English fans at the tram stop. We were stopped at the tram stop. The English fans were up and about, still singing "England Till I Die." calling the Italian fans pussies. And as we pulled away, one just middle-aged woman turned around and just went, imagine if they had a one. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's funny because England have, like when you think English sport, obviously you probably think cricket. But like- Cricket and football, yeah. Probably soccer. Soccer is up there. They This yep. is the first final they've made since 1966. And they're not even in Europe anymore. No, they went full Brexit. They're part of South America now. <laughs> They're going to be part of the Copa America <laughs> to try and get a better chance at winning a trophy. Maybe they'll be their own continent and just play the, just declare whoever's the winner of the Premier League. Football's come home. <laughs> no, no. Here's what they're doing. An English side has won. No, they've done Brexit so they can, um, England only have to play like Wales and Scotland. Mm. And like one of the islands, I can't remember which one. I'm so sorry to Northern Northern Ireland. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I mean they were good. Yeah, let's talk Euros. Just off the top, what a change! You Not can talk before. Euros. Yeah. All right. So Sunday night, I was out in the piss. That doesn't sound like you. Ah, couldn't be. I was at I was at home in bed, nice and early, completely sober, being the, the good innocent boy I am. Yeah, could couldn't be me because <laughs> we had a we had a bottomless brunch on Sunday, and then that just led into just a whole night of just pure fuckery. Um, got at home and two, I woke up in someone else's bed, and I sat up, and she was just like passed out, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Put the headphones in, turn on the Euros. It's like five a.m. Oh, you didn't even watch it at your place. You just watched it in some I girl's watched, bed. Yeah. I watched it in one of my friend's bed. She was just like there. I was like, yeah. you're right. Friend, friend's bed. Yeah, well, you know, that's a complicated story, which is... Uh... <laughs> you're right. This podcast very limited for time. We don't have time for long stories. I was going to say, that's a whole other thing. That's, that's what the other podcast is for. Stay uh, tuned for this week's spin-off episode. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for my... Uh, Fucking council ram, rambunctious Sunday night. Um, so yeah, I was in the, like my friend's bed just watching the Euros, and England scored after two minutes, and I was just like, "I did see that." Yeah. Oh my god, it's coming home! Because <laughs> like it was quite literally the first attacking play that England had. It, they had <laughs> the right back cross it all, all the way over to the other side. And this guy just like pinged it into the bottom corner. I was like, oh my God, it's coming home. So it was right at the start of the final. They sent it home, but unfortunately they sent it home via Australia Post. And <laughs> it got lost. It just never, it's still on its way. It's still on its way. Um, and yeah, and there is a cliche in soccer that you can score too early, especially with England, because they just try and pack it up for the next 80 minutes. Um and then, yeah, Italy were all over them for the rest of the game. And then their goal was one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then it went to penalties, obviously. Extra time, penalties. Penalties. All those, scenes. All that, those, God, those goddamn awful black players. Oh, good. <laughs> For some context. Before you try and... Uh, in Canada, I, I think everybody in the country has seen that context. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And I would still like it, yeah, elaborated on so that I don't get cancelled. So you don't die a very painful death. Um, so Channel 7, after, in the aftermath of the 
uh, penalty shootout because the three players that missed the penalties for England were black. Um, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, and Bakaya Saka. They both missed. And then Channel 7 put out um, like a news article saying, England lose on penalties after three black players miss. In, in, in fairness, it was a link to an article on their website about the racism that those players had suffered. That's true, but also... The, but then the, they linked to it and the Facebook caption to the link was obviously describing that, oh, well, why is this a headline? But just without context, it just said, yeah, England lost as three black players missed in the penalty shootout. Yeah. And a lot of people just took that. Hey, this is why um, in the modern day social media age, you've got to perfect the headline and you've got to perfect the caption that goes with it because boy, oh boy, someone lost their job. And then they, they didn't help themselves either. That Instead of deleting it once they realised they'd fucked up and posting a story with a different caption, they just edited the caption. And you can so see... Then, so then people have gone to edit history and like, oh, geez, Channel 7, yeah. what have you done here? Bit grim. Um, mm. But it was unfortunate. And, you know, uh, that aside, the, the penalty um, shootout, we were talking about it just before we started recording. Um, the manager brought on two players in the like dying minutes of extra time. So they hadn't actually touched the ball. So they were very cold in, in a like involved in the game sense. And then the guy who kicked the last um, penalty kick was 19. So that's a lot of <laughs> a weight of an entire country on his shoulders. And, you know, I don't blame him for just having a shit go at it. Completely and utterly fucking it up and ruining his entire legacy is what you're trying to say. Yeah, but he's 19. He'll be fine. He's, he's one of the good ones. Um, do you remember almost two weeks ago now when you sent uh, a comment to me from a podcast and said, this is the worst take of all time? And it was just Italy need to score goals. It's Yeah. Turns I, out Italy did not need to score goals. They just needed to score goal. Goal. In each of their two last matches, one goal. That'll do. Yeah, and it's the first time in, I think, recorded history that a team has won two penalty shootouts in a row. Is that right? I think so, because that was a stat floating out there, but there was a stat before that happened. Spain played... Where did they play? They played, like, Switzerland and then Italy. They won the Switzerland game, but then lost to Italy. Denmark... No, Denmark didn't go to a penalty shootout. Anyway, a lot of people went to pen- two penalty shootouts in a row and then lost. So, there you go. Well, there you go. Um, England are like third favourites to win the World Cup in front of Italy in 18 months, which I still think is a bit ridiculous. Where is the World Cup in 18 months? It is in Qatar. Ah, uh, yes, of course it is. The famous footballing nation. Yes, rich, rich, rich footballing history. Fantastic weather for soccer. I agree. It's equivalent to the, uh, what is it, the T20 World Cup being held in Oman. Yeah. O- Oman, yes. Um, however, the, the T20 World Cup's being held in Oman because of coronavirus. The football World Cup's being held in Qatar because of corruption. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's it, there's been a lot of obviously a lot of protests and they might just not let Norway go because they're just like, yeah, they've been protesting it too much. They've been very like outward. We, we don't want people to die building the stadium for this. They're, I saw a thing and there've been like hundreds of thousands who've died and um, they've been kept in like the equivalent of internment camps and they've, their passports have been taken off them so they can't leave. Like it is. Bleh. It's rough. It's rough out there, to say the least. Yeah, it might be a, a little bit of an understatement. Um, Denmark did well to make it after all they'd gone through earlier. Or not make it, but make it as far as they did after all they'd gone through early in the tournament. They did. And I, I think everyone except English fans were rooting for them against England. And they mm. scored the first goal. And yeah, they just ran out of legs. Like they were quite literally running out of players by the end of it. And they just looked 
gassed, but it was like a phenomenal effort. Like if you see one of your teammates almost die on the field, like you wouldn't yeah. blame them if they were just like, I'm just, I'm just going to go home. Like I've just seen something catastrophic happen. <laughs> we're just going to leave. Yeah. But um, no, nah, they pulled how, how is the recovery of Marshall Erickson going? Christian. Yeah, well, Marshall's <laughs> the most famous Erickson. Is he? Do we have an Erickson in the AFL? Other than maybe Sony Erickson. Used to make oh, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Mate, Marshall Erickson is way more popular than Sony Erickson. It's a good point. I have a soft spot for Sony Erickson because my first phone was a Sony Erickson. I am. I was a flip phone. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think we probably had similar phones. Uh, possibly. He is alive and well. He now has a ICG? See, what he is a basically a uh, heart starter. Yeah, pacemaker. Uh, so it's similar. It's like yeah. yeah, similar to a pacemaker. He's basically just like, um, yeah. So he might not be able to play football again. Um, although there's a player in the Netherlands who has one, who yeah. plays for the Dutch team, um, in the Europe. Oh, really? oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he played Play from the Netherlands that plays for the Dutch team. Funny that one. Yeah, who'd have thought? Well, to be fair, there's a lot of Brazilian players who play for the Chinese national team. So there's a lot of Italians who play for the Australian team, you know? True. true. <laughs> Ronaldinho Jinping. <laughs> yes, uh, Zhao Ronaldo. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but Italy because Ericsson plays in the Serie A, um, have like a rule that they don't allow people with that kind of like condition to play because it's like just huge on the insurance side of yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, which is fair enough. So it's going to be interesting to see um, whether he gets back on the pitch. I hope he does. He's a great player. Having said that, surely it's less of a risk insurance-wise for somebody with a known condition like that than somebody that has that, that doesn't know they've got it. Because like, if you know you've got it coming in, surely it's a pre-existing condition and wouldn't be covered. It wouldn't be covered to such an extent. Yeah, like if it happened just during a game, during the regular season, like that'd be way more of a problem for the Italian. From an insurance perspective, he'd be far less of a risk playing next year than he would have been last year. Because if it happened last year and they didn't know about it, then that's... Oh yeah, it's a huge problem if that happens in like game thirty-seven, mm. and he just you know crashes against I don't know Citadella, like he'd be having a rough go of it. Um, but yeah, there you go. Um, you want some more soccer news while we're on while we're on soccer? Yeah, Messi has um, allegedly signed a new deal. He was a free agent for two weeks. He was this close to signing with North Melbourne. They threw the whole test at him. The Godfather offer. The God, the Godfather offer. They offered uh, eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and uh, prime and Jaden Stevenson. I was say and prime real estate on Arden Street, just next to the training ground. And this is, oh no! Okay, uh, go on. <laughs> Okay. And the half a glass bottle that Wayne Carey used. <laughs> Oof. And, and the used condom he used on Anthony Stevens' wife. Jesus Christ. Hey. That's somehow less tasteless than the first thing. I yeah, it is. Are you kidding? That's in a North Melbourne museum somewhere. <laughs> Come and see it. <laughs> Uh, how, is it, how is our man, Mr. Horn Camp? <laughs> the season's over. Um, and uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it um, to the Netherlands national team playing for playing in the third division of the Netherlands. Right. Who knows where he is? Just spraying about everywhere. Yeah, you know, wild off season. Um, should we do your multi? We've got... Uh, We've got, we're recording this live during Frio Geelong. And uh, for our own entertainment purposes, I think you've got a multi going on. Sure. Yeah. Hit the sting. I see it. I see it. 
believe it. After last week, or oh, two weeks ago. Ash Barty, you are a national treasure. The Barty Party. The Barty Party, as it were. As it is. As it is. A legend. And Dylan Olcott with the Wimbledon win as well. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. You, you just expect that from him now, though. Nah, he, is, he is the Novak of the wheelchair world. That's fair. I'll cop that. Um, yes, so this week's multi is just for us, and we are playing in Geelong and Fremantle. Um, sorry, just trying to get the multi up. Okay, five legs. And I am going to try and commentate live how we're going in each of them. Leg one is for Geelong to win by less than 40 points, which I would say is, uh, look, it looks in danger, but I think safe as houses, to be honest. I think it's safe. Just purely on the fact that this has about a skill level of an under-16 game, uh, Jack Henry just dropped the ball just of his own volition. So I think that's safe. Yep. Um, Anytime goal kicker, Mr. Michael Sonny Walters. He's had a little bit of the ball. He's, he's been there and about. I reckon he'll pop up for one at some stage. Had seven touches, five kicks. He'll get on the end of one. Don't worry about that. Probably. Um, Someone's going to kick him. Isaac Smith to have 20 plus possessions. He's looking in trouble at six. However, um, we are only five minutes into the second quarter. So... Get around, Izzy. Get him the ball. He's a running machine. Looks much better in hoops than he ever did in stripes. Uh, Tell that to the three flags. (laughs) Mate, you're living in the past. You're awful now. Yeah. Don't even get me started. You're officially officially at the Essendon and Carlton level of, we've won the most premierships ever. Yeah, except we've won a premiership in this century. So have we? Barely. (laughs) Yeah, well, 2000, that's this century. Carlton, okay. I'll have that beef with Carlton. All right, you want to be antagonistic with me? Fine, we'll go to this leg next. The most safest houses leg of the entire multi. I know this is Grind Myers related. (laughs) It is Grind Myers to kick a goal at some stage tonight. The kick with With Jamal, he hasn't yet, but with Jamal watching, you just know that he's going to put it through soon. He's got to kick 12. I mean, (laughs) you wouldn't put it past him. Um, and then the final leg, we are on um, the old timer, the Dustin Fletcher, Sean Burgoyne, Brent Harvey-esque, David Mundy to have 20 on board touches. And he's already up to a whopping uh, four. To hold tight, listener, it'll be an exciting journey as we go through. Every time Mundy or Smith touch the ball, it'll be exciting. When Sonny Walters kicks a goal, it'll be exciting. When Brian Myers kicks a goal, it'll be uh, just delightful. On on one end and one end only. Jamal will be up and about, jumping up and up and off something. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the bright side, I feel like uh, multis in games uh, with this kind of skill level is the only way to watch it. Because it gives you... it, it like. True. You, you need to have an interest. And yep. we're not gambling sheep stations here. Just no. enough so that we care enough to watch to the end. Yeah. Yeah, no. Love it. This is exciting. It's the only thing that's going to keep me interested in this game. Let's go, Freo. Put some on the board. We need a 40. Um, do you have any more soccer talk? Soccer talk? Um, I didn't finish the messy thing. Um, oh, yeah. Keep going with the messy thing. So he's not going to North Melbourne. He's not going to North Melbourne, unfortunately. Disappointing. Um, He's taken the offer from the Gold Coast. (laughs) Prime real estate on uh, Caval Ave. I believe traded for Stuart Jew's daughter. (laughs) No, Messi uh, has allegedly signed a five-year deal worth uh, over half of what he was on before because Barcelona are in such dire straits financially. Did you know... La Liga, like all the Spanish teams, have a salary cap? No. You wouldn't have thought so with the way some of them spend. What is it? $7 billion a month. I think it's 
what did I hear? It's like six hundred uh, sixty million dollars or something. And bar- apparently Barcelona's um, wage. What am I talking about? Like salary is a hundred and ten percent of what they earn as a club. Which, uh, yeah, which is, um, I know with your four-year commerce degree, you'll be able to tell us that that is unsustainable. <laughs> Look, first of all, it was five. Five. And second of all, if I learnt one thing, which might have been stretching it in the commerce degree, it's that in- incomings should be more than outgoings. Mm. It's a very... Uh, insightful point it's hard to wrap your head around it's some pretty complex economic theory yeah um, he, um for listeners who obviously can't see what ash is doing he's just pulled out his whiteboard yeah there's a fair bit fair bit of game theory involved in it and some um coefficients with economic equilibrium theorems there's a bit of cryptocurrency in there that's a whole deal yeah mate if you're not in dogecoin what are you really doing in this world yeah, you're really missing out. Um, so, yeah, he's taken a 50% pay cut, which is, you know, I'm sure he'll survive just fine. Are you sure, though? I mean, that's barely minimum wage. He used to be on, I think I saw this somewhere. The, u- the unions should get involved. I agree. The Spanish, yeah, the Spanish unions. He, he used to be on $800,000 a week. I'm not sure how anybody can live on that little. Like, how do you feed the kids? Just think about it. It's about $800,000 a week. That's $115,000 a day. Yeah. That's like, that is just a sum of money that is just incomprehensible to me. (laughs) Partially because I'm uh, unemployed at the moment. Thanks, Dan. Um. Mate, if you were earning $800,000 a week, you could be afford to be unemployed for 362 days a year. I could afford to be unemployed for the rest of my life. <laughs> if I worked for a year at $800,000 a week, what does that get me up to? Uh, 43 million-ish. 41.6 million. Good Lord. I could come, like, you can't tell me we need billionaires in our world when, if you earn $41 million a year and you can't live off that for the rest of your life. Yeah. That is just fiscally irresponsible if you need that kind of money. Was that maths right, by the way? I, I didn't check. I will check. Um, but I did, I did read, this is not sport related at all, but uh, Nick Cage once spent $125 million in a year. I mean, to be, people always say, how could you spend that much money? But especially if you started from nothing, Mm. you could pretty easily spend that much money in a day. He's by six, like, mansions, six mega mansions. He bought a castle and an island. Yeah, you buy an island. There's 100 million there. Also, Richard, you'd be 41.6 mil. Thanks. Um, You'd be Richard Branson. You go to space. Yeah. He went to space last week. Last week? Mate, we're yeah. Tyrese Gibson style. <laughs> he was like Tyrese and Ludacris. Have you caught the movie yet? I haven't. And I'm, unless I can illegally stream it, um, I'm, I'm not going to a movie theater anytime soon. Mate, you've got three hours. It goes for two hours and 20 minutes. Get there in the next half hour. You'll be all right. I'll take the podcast rig. We'll do a live reaction. Oh, yeah, this seems fair enough. They're at a farm. They're at a farm. Okay, they're on a bridge. He's on a zip line. All right, they're in a tank. They've got giant magnets in a tank. Yep, this is fine. This is... Oh, he's in space. <laughs> Rocket car. I, I cannot even comprehend how it begins to start being in space. Rocket car. I told you this. Rocket car. That's true. And family. And the giant magnets, because once they get into space, no gravity. They've got to have the magnets to get to the uh, to get to the satellite to knock the satellite out of space. And they get back from space. No, so they they the magnets don't really work, and they just gun it because the magnets didn't work. But apparently, uh, 
petrol works in space. So they just gun the car through space, hit the satellite, and then spiral off into orbit, but then hit the space station, man up the space station. Phenomenal stuff. The, the problem now is they've got two movies to go. Where do you go from there? Where do you get? You have to go to the sun. Is it just going to go? You either have to go to the moon, to Mars, or the sun. You can't go to the sun. So they've got to go to Mars or the moon. As un- and they've got two movies to go, so they have to go to both, really. I'll say as unrealistic as Fast and Furious has become, Rocket Car... Unrealistic. To the space... Part? If they went to the sun, that is that is <laughs> jumping the shark. It that is jumping the shark. The shark. Like or as, as the case may be, jumping the sun. <laughs> this one's for family. Oh. <laughs> Those, yeah, some of the memes have been great. Until, oh, the, until the Labor Party tried to do one. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know. Did you see that? I did. It was grim. It was so grim. I hate it when people say, um, like when sports people should stick to sport and stay out of politics because that's dumb and that's a really dumb take. Politicians should stay out of memes and just like pop culture. The problem with politicians, like, it would probably be fine if the ones that were in touch did it. Like, Sam Dastiari used to do that sort of stuff all the time. It was pretty in touch with stuff, so it was okay. Yeah, I think like they should, but also they need a 19 year old intern. Yeah. You can't have Linda from Sales doing it. Yeah you know, the famous sales office in your local politician building. <laughs> oh, would, you, would you like to buy a badge? <laughs> also, here's this really funny meme I found. Like from 2014, you're just like, what the fuck? Oh, she's pulled out bad luck, Brian. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. And the, uh, the Irma uh, Gurren. <laughs> yeah, yeah and that little african kid is like so you're telling me oh uh, oh good grief mate you're talking to the creator of ballarat cream ballarat cream and memes 2.0 i was across all the meme oh, oh, 2.0 jesus christ there's a throat though yeah, what is this podcast turned into <laughs> we've got we've got 10 minutes on fast and furious and meme culture that's a, that's a good point all right are you across what is happening in the caribbean with the australian cricket team Vaguely, vaguely. Game one was Saturday morning. So what is it? Is it, uh, what have we got, three-game series? It's a five-game T20 series in preparation for the World Cup in Oman. Ah, yes. Um, Game one, the West Indies made 145 from their 20 overs. Poor. That is poor. Australia, in response, were five for 107. You'd say a pretty good position. All out for 127. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, four for 107. We were four for 108. So what? All six for 12. Six for 19. 19. Good fuck. Wait, what happened? Matthew Wade and Finch opened. Finch failed, but Wade made 33 off 14, and Mitch Marsh made 51. Uh, Philippi made one. Poor. Henriques came in. Little bit of resistance, 16. Uh, then the rest of the batting order, 2, 10, 1, 3, 1, duck. Lost by 18 runs. Who who was the did uh who was the destroyer on the other end? Dwayne Bravo. The destroyer was in fact Obed McCoy. Wasn't Rakeem Cornwall? It was not Rakim Cornwall. He's unfortunately not fit enough to play T20. He's just the long-form five-day format. Uh, yes. Because when I think Rakim Cornwall... I, I think, think endurance. Yeah, I think endurance. Uh, no, and no. like a fridge. Hmm. An industrial fridge. A cool room. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, built like a fucking silo. <laughs> Now, Obed McCoy, four overs, four for 26. Hayden Walsh, four overs, three for 23. So, yeah, exactly. So then we get to the second game. Uh, Australia win the toss and bowl. 
and the West Indies make 196. Hetmeyer made 61. Your man Bravo made 47. Not out. Hey. And in reply, Australia, 140. Mitch Marsh, again, the only one that offers any resistance, 54. Australian cricket media has always said the Marsh, Marsh is mm. the best one. Mitch Marsh always been robbed of opportunity. <laughs> um, needs his time in the in the. He just needs some time to get some form. Yeah, just to expose him to international cricket a little bit. Who knows what he could be? Um, so then, third game comes around. Australia changed tack by batting first. Bat awfully again, hundred and forty-one, but respectable, half defendable. The West Indies then come out. The Spice Man, Andre Fletcher, makes four. Lendl Simmons, who was in great form, 15. Things are looking all right. The Universe Boss, Chris Gale, strides to the crease at number three. Oh. 67 off 38 balls, including seven sixes. I was watching Mel McLaughlin highlights before the game. <laughs> <laughs> he hit... Two balls out of the stadium. Whoa. Wait, are we talking big stadiums or are we talking like that tiny stadium in New Zealand? It's a little bit in between. It's not the MCG, but it's not the cake tin. The cake tin. That's what the New Zealand, that's what the tiny one in New Zealand's called, the cake tin. Where is it? Is that Christchurch? No, is it? I have no idea. I don't know. It might be Dunedin, I reckon. Um, yeah, Gail makes 67 Nicky Porin makes 32 and the Wendy's win by 6 wickets with 5 and a bit overs to spare so we've lost the series we've lost the series 4th game this morning Australia win the toss bat 189 finally make some runs Aaron Finch finally makes a run 53 Mitch Marsh criminally underrated continues his good form 75 off 44 that's a really good knock. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the wind is going to bat. Things are looking absolutely gone. They need 44 off three overs. You're kidding. Uh, they proceed to take 33 off the next two overs. Jesus. And Mitchell Stark has the responsibility of the last over. Oh, that's not going to end good. Bowling to big Andre Russell. West Indies net 11 off the last one. Dre Russ goes dot, 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 six. Australia win by four runs. Oof. Who's our bowling lineup? Uh, it it, it oh varied through the uh, series, but today's bowling lineup was Mitchell Stark. Riley Meredith, oh, yeah. Jason Berendorf, uh, Daniel Christian, Adam Zampa, Mitchell Marsh. Daniel Christian's still getting a run. Daniel Christian back in this series for his first game in 18 months. Uh, no, more than 18 months, four years, I reckon. Jesus Christ. Um, other bowlers to feature this series, Ashton Agar, uh, Josh Hazelwood played really well the first couple of games. So what's uh, let us down then? Well, obviously, Aaron Finch. Batting. <laughs> Batting, right. All the batsmen other than Mitch Marsh. Yeah. Um, yes, so we are 3-1 down in the series with one game to play and a T20 World Cup coming up in a, a, not great conditions in Oman. I feel like the pitches might be a little dusty in Oman. Having said that, our, our T20 side is currently without David Warner, Steve Smith, Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis, Pat Cummins. Jeez, how um, many rolls of sandpaper is that? Yeah, so pretty much all, all, pretty much all of them that played in the IPL have taken this off because of bubble fatigue. Bubble fatigue. Well, Smith's got an injured elbow as well, but yeah, was wasn't going to play because bubble fatigue. What, they were tired of playing six games, getting paid $5 million and then having the tournament cancelled? Yeah. Well, what? I mean, got it. No, because the IPL's starting up again in October and they're going to have to go back. When's the World Yeah, uh, just after that, I think. I think the IPL's September, October, and then the World Cup's October, November, and then the Ashes start oh, God. early December. 
God, we're going to have to roll out Xavier Crone for the Ashes at this rate. Mate, I hope you've been keeping up on your cricket 19. You might get a berth into the squad. Oh, mate, absolutely. Old mate, uh, fast bowler. I can now bowl 160 kilometres an hour. 160? Jeez, you've been hitting the gym. Yeah, bit of, bit of show of actor. Hopefully you don't get suspended for match fixing or drugs or whatever you got suspended for. Bit of everything. The dealership. Bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Asava's on the board. Yeah, 40 points is looking questionable. Yeah, but having said that, so is David Mundy having 20. So is Brian Myers kicking a goal. So is Michael Walters kicking a goal. So is me seeing the end of this game. <laughs> That's the thing about multis, I feel like. Um, like when it's more than one leg that's letting you down, you're just like, fuck it. I don't care. I've wasted five bucks. It's not like my heart attack multi when Jaden Short almost robbed me. Yeah, true. I was like, while we're on multi talk, let's. <laughs> I've been absolutely killing it with the multis recently. Oh, yeah. Well, we both have. Yeah. Tennis multi got up. I picked the winners of the men's and the women's. Absolutely. Um... <laughs> Which, I mean, Stevie Wonder could have said that Djokovic would win the men's. So it's really just picking the winners. He was at like dollar sixty, was he? He's just so good. Yeah. I mean, at the, I'd love to see him all play at their peaks, Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal. And arguably, we did. But Djokovic is clearly—it's just his longevity and the fact that his body keeps holding up is why he keep—he's going to end up the greatest of all time. Which is a shame because he's a wanker. He absolutely is. But he's a very good tennis player. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, because we we were joking about. Oh, what was it? And North play? Yeah, no, it was Sunday when I was on the train and you sent me a message that said, geez, North of $6. I said, mate, the way this round of football is going, wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, what did we see? What did we see last week? We saw... Um, um, Brisbane Adel- Kilda. Adelaide be absolutely deplorable. Absolutely. Brisbane loses in Kilda. Um, Gold Coast beat GWS in the hallowed turf of uh, Ballarat. The, nor- the northern shithole. The northern shithole. Uh, Bulldogs lost to Sydney in Marvel. And then Collingwood beat Richmond after being down by like, what, six goals at three quarter time or something ridiculous? At three quarter time, it was 71. Uh, sorry, it was, uh, what's that, 63 to 43, 20 points. Yeah, outrageous. And then. North are at $6. And what? Cameron Zerha. Um, I, I like the multiple goal scorers because anytime goal scorer is like peanuts. There's kind of no point. So I was like, Cameron Zerha and North to win a cheeky 950. Slapped a 10 on it. You're fucking laughing. He did kick two goals six. Yeah, at the point where it was halfway through the game, North were in front and Zerha was one goal six. You can see it being absolutely fucking tragic. Yeah. No, he pulled through for me though. Um, but two, two goals six, I haven't seen kicking like that since Lance Franklin. It I haven't seen kicking like that since Adel- Adelaide Friday night. Oh, yeah. no, they kicked two nine. Mate, they barely kicked the ball. Jesus Christ. Two goals nine they kicked for the match. Yeah. Um, all right. While we're on footy, we won't talk because we are planning to have some guests, but we'll we, see. We may have a couple of self-confessed football experts on in about 39 seconds, but who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, do we want to talk, um, because we haven't been live since um, it happened, Hawthorne's succession plan? Oh, I thought you meant the Charles Dickens Tavern. Uh, yes, no, okay, we can talk Hawthorne's succession plan. Yeah, I, I figured we can use this space to talk about football news. Um, on succession plan. What are your thoughts on it? Because obviously I have uh, quite the opinion. Um, it feels like I know it's been likened a lot to the Buckley succession plan and the Essendon succession plan and stuff like that, but it feels more to me like a sort of Paul Roos, John Longmire deal. Mm. I think it'll be a lot more successful. Obviously, it's been more high key because Clark is the best coach of probably all time or at least the modern era um and hawthorne a big melbourne club instead of the club in sydney but it, it feels sam mitchell feels more ready to take over an afl club than i think bucks did 
Yeah. Um, ben Rutten a little bit different. I don't think it was that he wasn't ready. It was that Wusher was, it, it was pointless holding on to him for another 12 months. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I think he will do really well. Yeah. No, I think they've, what they've done well is they haven't rushed Mitchell into it because obviously he had his stint over in West coast. Um, we traded him for a you know, bag of peanuts. Um, and then he went an assistant coach and then basically forced himself out of the club to come back. Um, and then I think he's had two or three years as our development coach slash um, box yeah, okay. coach. So he's had a lot of time around the club, obviously, you know, 18 years of playing or whatever it was. Um, so he's been around the club. He knows how it works. And I think what's most important is that he knows the next generation of kids that's coming through. Mm, true. Um, like, and that's, that's something weird, not weird, but like just dumb that I've seen on like Hawthorne threads is that they're just like, Oh, you watch when, you know, Will Day and um, like CJ and all those guys like walk away. Cause Clarko's gone. I'm like, you'd think that those boys would have more of a rapport with Sam Mitchell because they came through the VFL, especially CJ. Like he was playing yeah. in the booze for two, three years. Then Clark, like obviously if you come to Hawthorne, you see Alistair Clarkson, you're just like, wow. It's like if you came to Essendon in the 2000s and you're like, as a kid, and you're just like, oh shit, that's Kevin Sheedy. Yeah. That's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But I think, um, and I've watched Mitchell coach like live. True, like, you are an avid Box Hill fan. I am an avid Box Hill fan. If it wasn't for the lockdown, I'd be going to Casey Fields this weekend. <laughs> um, Actually, how's that worked with the VFL? I assume no VFL this week. I don't think there's going to be VFL this week. Because um, they weren't allowed to play in the last lockdown. And I heard Dan say today this lockdown is exactly the same rules as the last one. Yeah. So I, I don't think VFL will be played. But Mitchell's a, uh, like he's a, he, from all accounts, he's just like, as he was as a football player, really like cerebral. And just really smart, and he has really good. Like he's turned some object objectively shit players and made them look like world beaters. Um, and like developed them really well to the point where they can get to the senior team. Like yeah. I watched CJ a couple of years ago, and he was just like this really lanky kid who was fast but tripped over his own feet, yeah. kind of thing. And obviously, you know it's probably part of his own development as well. But Sam Mitchell has really like brought him through. Um, and yeah, one thing I don't like is uh, <laughs> Jeff Kennett in this whole thing. This reeks of Jeff Kennett being like, yeah, I have the most power at Hawthorne and don't you forget it kind of thing. In fairness to Jeff, I think there was a big push by the media and sort of people's assumptions of what happened with the Collingwood thing, that mm. the story was definitely getting pushed one way. And I don't think Clarko or Mitchell are the sort of people to come out. And, but obviously Clarko has come out and said, I will be here. Like it's ridiculous, but he's not the sort of person to come out and try and set the record straight. So I don't think that was, even though Jeff may not have been the most tactile person to do it. Um, I think it wasn't a bad thing from a Hawthorne perspective to come out and set that record straight. If that is in fact what happened and that they didn't get pushed into it. Yeah. And, and, and that's genuinely one thing we might never know until like. No, and true. But if no one had, if no one from Hawthorne had come out and at least asserted that fact, then it probably would be a lot more assumed that the, this sort of Collingwood narrative was the one. Yeah. Because Mitchell's contract was coming up at the end of the year. And obviously now we know he's signed on to be Hawthorne coach, but it was just like, you know, he was in the works for the Collingwood job and um, whatever else job was out there. Uh, the, rumors, the rumors do persist though that Collingwood have signed Alistair Clarkson for five years. Really? I know, like it's, been, I, I know it's been refuted, but I can keep, just keep hearing it. Um, a question uh, to you, obviously Clarkson let's just assume he sees out his contract. Um, obviously, we don't know what he's going to do outside of football in like a family kind of thing, whether he you know fucks off and does other things. Do you think he's like um, 
like obligated to be part of Hawthorne next year. Not next year. Like I was, um, what was the wording used? I saw Lee Matthews write something. It was basically just like Clarkson doesn't owe anything to Hawthorne. No, Clarkson still even Hawthorne four premierships. I don't. I mean, I was there. Um, <laughs> while he's contractually obligated, he probably owes a certain degree of fidelity. Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, whatever you say, Hawthorne's given Clarkson in terms of career development and fame and money. Like Hawthorne, uh, Clarkson's given Hawthorne all that and more, probably. Yeah, no. Uh, and that's the thing. It's just like Clarkson's given us so much. I like, I'd hate to see him coach Collingwood, but if he was just like, that's something I want to do, I'd be like, yeah, all right, fine. And that'd be is really there, interesting to see him coach another team. Yeah. Just to be like, is, is there a um, participant request? Uh, I've got nothing. No. Oh, well. Idiots. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah, because he's he's basically doing a third rebuild at the moment, because we had the early when he started. Yeah, he landed in the Franklin Roughhead Lewis draft. Yep. Um, took them to a flag, and then it was the 2009 to 2012 period of why do we still have Brad Sewell and Michael Osborne on this team? Kind of fixed it. Three flags, three flags into holding on to our old players too much and shipping off um, arguably <laughs> the best players of Hawthorne history. Yep. And now he's just got all these fucking kids. Um, and I think if he wanted to, like he could have kept going, but then, yeah, apparently there was a discussion with Kennett, with Mitchell, with... Um, Clarkson about this fucking uh, plan, succession plan. Yeah, All right, because here it, we go. All done. We're on. Oh goodness. Here we go. 